0: Welcome to the Thrive and Shine Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Sabrina Orkies. So uh, you may have noticed it took a little bit of a hiatus. Um, Something pretty big happened with the business. Um, Someone hacked my Facebook account and they didn't just hack it in a form where you can change your password and move on with your life. Um, They've completely taken over my personal Facebook account, which is tied to my business account. And I cannot access anything and if you are have ever had issues with Facebook then you know that you cannot call them and you cannot email them all you can do is submit inquiries and um, it's gotten me nowhere and it's been about almost three weeks now so it's kind of frustrating um I'm trying to I took it as a a sign from the universe that maybe I just needed to take a break and so that's kind of what I've done for like the past two weeks it's just kind of taking a break kind of try to reset um, and just like let it be let it I'm trying to take it in as this is happening for a reason I don't know what that reason is but I'm just trying to embrace it as much as I can right now I hope to the Lord that I do not have to create a new Facebook I hope that this can get resolved at some point I still have hope and I'm still trying to be positive about it but yes it's really really hard So anyways, um, I'm going to try to pick up everything this week and try to continue on because this business is what I love and it's what I'm passionate about. Love helping people. It's just, you know, my favorite thing in the world. So if any of you out there have ever had this issue, (laughs) please let me know. Again, it's not just a reset your password and move on with your life. Um, It's much deeper than that at this point. So anyways, um, hope you guys had a great 4th of July weekend. Um, I know I did. We went camping as usual and, you know, just had fun with the friends and fam and just excited for a four day work week. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people are. But anyways, the episode this week um, has to do with bulimia. Um, I'm not very, I mean, I think I have the definition that, the same definition that most people have of what it is. But talking with Kate this week, she went much deeper. She's struggled with it for many years um, and in turn ended up making that, this struggle, her life's mission to help others that have struggled with it. She showed me a different side of it that I've never seen. Um, it's definitely different than what I ever thought it was. So I uh, just wanted to bring awareness to it. And for anybody that may know someone or if anyone's struggling their with bulimia, hopefully that this would help. But I hope you all enjoy the episode and have a great week. Hey Kate, how are you? Yeah. Good. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on because we haven't really talked about eating disorders at all. Um, I know. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Gosh. so (laughs) fun. So fun. Love meeting new people with new journeys to share with us and all the things. So... Why don't you go ahead and start and tell us about your journey with an eating disorder?
1: My journey. Oh, (laughs) good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) So I, um, where to begin? So I, when I was 18, that's kind of when my eating disorder started. So I had bulimia and anorexia from, yeah, it was about 17, 18 when it started and it went on for 15 years. Um, and so I think what's really poignant here is, so I was, I, the way that I looked kind of changed. So I had always been like a skinny pole. Um, and then as I started to develop and get curves, but I wasn't overweight or anything, but my sort of vision of myself, I felt that I was. And so I was always really worried about my weight and concerned and then started going on different diets. And then one day, this friend of mine, I remember it so clearly, she came over for dinner and we were sitting there and we were sitting after our dinner talking about our non-existent weight issues. (laughs) And she said to me, so do you know, she said that if you were to eat a Mars bar and then make yourself sick, you're not going to put the weight on. Oh gosh. So that was kind of the seed was set and I ran with it. Oh gosh. So then I started to, yeah, so not only restricting my foods, but then when I did eventually eat, I would, it would just turn into a binge. And that's that's such a key for people with bulimia that they restrict and restrict their food. Well, quite often it's a key. Um, And then as many of us know that we just get so ravenous that we end up eating too much food. But then the, you know, with bulimia, that just pattern, just you just eat way too much and then you've got to get rid of it somehow. So it's Mm -hmm. either by Uh, making yourself sick and purging or so, because there's two different types of bulimia. So there's the non purge and then there's the purging type. So the purging type is what everybody sort of seems to be more aware of. But then also there is the non-purging where people will eat normal amounts of food or overeat and then, say, excessively exercise. Or they may take laxatives to rid themselves of food. Or they may take diuretics to rid themselves. So there's a number of different ways that, that this dreadful habit can develop. So, oh, yes, so I got into the swing of this incredible eating disorder. um, And then that continued. And over the years, people would try, my mother would try and entice me and talk to me about it. And, of course, I was in huge denial. Um, And then, um, and because this was in the 80s, because I'm quite old now, this was in the 80s, there were no books out there, or I remember I had one book, and it was just so difficult. It was a real academic book, and it was so difficult to read. And the state that I was in, <clears throat> I couldn't really read much anyway. Um, and and then the there there really wasn't any any help out there. And it wasn't until Princess Diana came out and spoke over here in the UK about bulimia. Um, that people sort of started to take heed. Um, and in the, it was in 1979 that, that bulimia was actually given the label. But before that, nobody, you know, it you know, wasn't diagnosed as such. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually my mother, um, she just, you know, she managed to, I think I got to the point after sort of like 13 years, I got to the point of thinking, okay, well, maybe my mother is right and all these people are right that I need to do something about this because I just I had no idea whatsoever how to eat anything and hold it down, even like an apple. I couldn't do it. Mm. Um, And it was so severe, so life destroying. Um, And so eventually. So, yes, I eventually agreed with my mother that, oh, okay, well, maybe I should go (laughs) to see the doctor. And I remember going to see the doctor, and he obviously never helped anybody with an eating disorders before because he said to me, "So, well, you know, why do you make yourself sick?" And I'm like, "Well, if I knew the answer to that, then <laughs> right, right, exactly." <laughs> um, and then he referred me to oh gosh, he referred me to see the a psychiatrist initially, um, and this psychiatrist was in in North London, and it was in this. Um, edwardian building which was so old and dilapidated and it was a mile long and it was quite a thin building and it looked like a a, it it was a medical institution Um, and it was still that and it was it was just like you know for somebody that's you know so young and i was like so naive and to go to somewhere like that it was very 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 uh, disturbing just that that in itself anyway so I was diagnosed with anorexia and bulimia and then he referred me to see their counselor which meant that every week I would have to get back to this awful this awful place to, to see the counselor so it was like oh dear me um so I saw yes I did that for a few weeks and afterwards after that I was like I can't do this no, I do. I, you know, and the counselor. What's really important is that when you reach out for help, that you find a therapist. You know, whatever problem you have, that you feel really comfortable in opening up to. Otherwise, you're not going to open up. Um, and so, yeah. So I, I spent some time with her. A few weeks with her, and then I finished that. And then I found a private counselor, um, and I saw her for um, a few months. And then um, I had various different knockbacks and setbacks over the years and like different problems. Um, and then I eventually um decided that I would join um this um it's uh, eating disorders association in the UK. Um and what they did was in those days, because remember this was a long time ago, <laughs> so no internet or anything, just we just about had telephones. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that long ago. So then what they would do was that each week that they would send you a, a, well, they'd send you a booklet and you would fill out this booklet about what you had to eat. And then they sent you a, um, a food plan. And then once a week, you booked a call on the telephone to speak with the therapist. Um, but you, every week you would have to post back the booklet. So then you could talk about the, the week before. So <laughs> when you right. when you talk about that now, it's like, oh, right. Wow. Yeah. yeah but it was such a help. And I remember when they gave me the, the 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 plan of the foods that I had to eat, I remember sitting there so overwhelmed looking, I can never eat that. And it was like really basic, like two bits of toast, have a little snack and then a sandwich at lunchtime and then a yogurt. Oh gosh, that was way too much for me. And then, you know, and so on. So, but that really kind of gave me the guidance of a rough idea about what I should eat because I really had no idea. Um, and then um, I, yes, so that was good. And then I eventually found a therapist. So I saw a therapist for four years. And in that time, um, my mother found out that she had cancer because I never had a father. He died when I was two. So she was like a mother and a father rolled into one. Um, yeah. And found out that she had cancer and then when I was seeing this therapist my mother died and I do believe that I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't been seeing that therapist oh Mm. wow she was fantastic and she you know uh, you know she really helped me to tune in and talk about all of my feelings because I had no idea what feelings were right yeah I I didn't know what was going on. I thought that I was just going mad when I had the bulimia. Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
1: And it's just, yeah. Yeah. So she was fantastic. Fantastic. Um, And then, you know, it's such a gradual process, recovery. And people do, a lot of people think that you can never be recovered from an eating disorder. Um, And... I this week I was doing a podcast with Carolyn Costin and she is the first person in the States to set up a she was the first person to set up a residential um, housing, not housing, a residential sort of home for people to go and get help. Um, and that was in the 90s. Um, oh. And she has been working as a therapist ever since. And and she, it was really interesting because, you know, we were talking about the fact that people um a lot of people don't believe that you can actually re- be recovered from an eating disorder, mm-hmm. you know, and she has, you know, she's been 40 years free um, you know, and I'm 25 years and I never ever now ever get the thought of binging and purging. It just never crosses my mind. And to me, that is recovered.
0: That is, but... Yeah.
1: So then after I sort of came out the other side of my eating disorders, I decided that I wanted to be able to help other people wow. how I had been helped. So then I trained as a psychotherapist um, and I practice hypnotherapy and I'm an NLP practitioner and I'm a Reiki master and, blah, 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 and I also, an, <laughs> also an eating disorders therapist. So, um, yeah, so that is sort of my journey in a nutshell There's multiple different reasons why I feel that I had an eating disorder. Um, And, you know, one of them, for example, is because I was abused when I was eight. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And that is particularly common with people with eating disorders. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is one of the reasons. Um, And, of course, I had very low self-esteem, body dysmorphia. And I had all sorts of other difficulties.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And limiting negative beliefs about myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was actually going to ask you if there was a certain personality trait that was more common in people that have, like, an eating disorder. So you would say, like, something like that, like low self-esteem.
1: Yeah, but also another one which is really common is perfectionism. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah and trying to be perfect. And, um, and, you know, it depends maybe if your family, uh, um, you know, sort of push you towards being perfect and striving mm-hmm. to get that, that, that attention to from your parents or your loved one or whoever. Yeah. That's a, that's a big problem for people.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. your treatment for it was going to see a therapist. Is there, is there certain kinds of therapy that help more than other? Obviously you're a therapist yourself now, which you know, I, did, I mean, years ago, obviously, those weren't even around. And um, and if they are around, I don't feel that they are very well known about. And people need to know that there are these kind of people that specialize in this to help.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, when somebody um, has made that decision that they want to um, take that step onto the recovery path, it's important mm-hmm. to have a number of different people helping you with that. Um from obviously from your psychiatrist to you know maybe another type of doctor it's different over here anyway with the doctors and mm-hmm.
0: the,
1: um but also obviously having a therapist you know there is also um eating disorders coaches now that also is another strain to be able to help you um but it's having a lot of nutritionist, mm-hmm. dietitian, Yeah. And having everybody sort of involved to give you that support.
0: Are there any sort of like inpatient programs that exist?
1: Um, There are. um, I don't know specifically over there. The names. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, there and there are. Yes. But over here in the UK, I don't think there's a specific one for people with eating disorders that can go along and live in and be sort of guided in such great detail as there are in the States. Um,
0: and it just kind of shows you that like over time, I mean, here we are, this was years ago for you that this was happening. And, you know, you want to blame it on, you know, society and what our images uh of, or what we're teaching our young women and men. I know there's men out there with eating disorders as well, that this is what we are supposed to look like supposedly quote unquote. Um, this is what you should look like. And this has been going on for years. So I think that nowadays social media makes it 10 times worse. Absolutely. And people, you know, they, oh gosh,
1: everywhere they look, there is that image of that lovely, well, you know, they are changing it, but it's normally a slim model. And then yep. the competition between, you know, different
0: people and online, oh, yeah, 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 it's
1: dreadful.
0: Yeah. Cause even when I was in high school, I mean, they had just come out with internet maybe like while I was in high school. So I'm so thankful that like, I didn't have to experience the days of like social media while I was in high school. Cause I can't even imagine how terrible it can be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's that whole side of bullying as well. That can be a big contribution to, you know, somebody with, Oh it
0: just yes. Out. Yes. And the
1: difficulties yes. around that and the, the pressure.
0: Um, oh yeah, yeah. For sure. You know, how do you... quite Go ahead.
1: often it's, um it can be um uh, some sort of trauma that they've had it could be even be from like moving home or or you know for me I felt one of my reasons why I I got an eating disorder was because I was sent away to boarding school when I was 11 so then when I was 17 I left and I had my mother got remarried and then she sold our family home that I was born in and moved to a different area I had to move and go and live in London on my own, not know anyone. Oh, my gosh. And, and work. And I was 17. And it was just the most traumatic time. Yeah, that is. And, built, and then I've got this whole thing about, I had this whole thing about um, um, separation anxiety with my mother that started mm-hmm. when I was four. And that, you know, nobody knew what that was. They just thought right. that I would just like, you know, nobody Can't knew what it
0: was. Yeah, just throwing a tantrum. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and you know,
1: nowadays they would identify it and um and be able to work with with the child, but for me back then and then being, you know, that's like when I was four, and then being sent off to boarding school when I was eleven, it was like that, right. that was a very traumatic time as well. Right. Let alone the
0: abuse and everything else that went with it. Oh, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Um, can you explain maybe like some of the ways that bulimia like affects your body, like, you know, it goes so much deeper than just, you know, you're losing weight, like your organs and things like that start to suffer as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many different side effects that you have. Oh gosh. There's, um, I remember for me from vomiting, um, purging so often, because you know, I was doing it multiple times a day. Um, you get your your glands swell up in your face, and so you get like a moon face. And when I look back at pictures of me when I was in my twenties, like I was so thin, but then I had this big balloon face. Oh. Um, but anyway, it, you know, there's you, there's so many different issues, um, and it affects your electrolytes. So therefore, you know, if you're, you know, you're not drinking water, not the right amount. And if you do, then you're you're purging. Mm -hmm. So then your body's not getting the electrolytes. So therefore you're depriving your body. So that whole cycle of of danger, you know, sort of um, intensifies. Mm -hmm. And then it can start to affect your heart and all the other different organs. And
0: Um.
1: yes, it's... It's, it's a very dangerous area. Um, mm.
0: So um, if someone, I think it's very interesting, the non-purging um, side of bulimia, because I haven't really heard of it as much. Um, if someone was one of those people that like wanted to exercise off every single thing that they ate or yeah. Um, one of those, what, what are some steps that a person like that could take to maybe scale it back and, um, to help them like along with therapy, obviously, but what are some yeah. things that they could do to stop exercising excessively?
1: Yeah. Over-exercising.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, first of all, they've got to want to make that change.
0: Oh, yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I think it would be that, you know, what I would suggest is to kind of step back and look at the pattern that you've got into and then start to figure out one small change that you could make with regards to how much you are over-exercising. And if, you know, it could be a really small little seed that you're changing. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe if you're over-exercising, say, five times a day because some people it's that extreme you know what would happen if you reduced it to four times the next day and then Mm -hmm. started to reduce it down or the amount of specific time that you're exercising it's it's very gradually starting to change that pattern Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um and um also i what else would i suggest so if somebody was over exercising um yeah it's it's you know it's it's looking at the bigger picture yeah it's a bit a bit of tricky one you know i wish i had Mm -hmm. a magic wand because there isn't but it's it's starting to make those small changes and if you don't feel that you can do that what i would suggest you do is i would suggest that you maybe make a change in another area of your life something else that would kind of prove to you that you can begin to change and step Mm -hmm. forward And then once you've made that little change, only has to be something very small. And you can see that you can achieve that. So if you can achieve that, then you would be able to reduce, slightly begin to reduce your exercise. So that was what I would suggest for them to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What if someone has a friend and they notice that they might have some issues? What can Mm. a person like, what if someone was in that situation, what could we do?
1: Yeah yeah
0: that's a tough I think one I know <laughs> yeah so I think
1: if it's somebody that is very very close to you I would suggest to go online and get as much information as you can about what eating disorder you feel that they have uh-huh. so you can be prepared and you can have the details about whatever it is um and then you can When the time is right, obviously, you've got to find the right time. You want to do it when you're on your own. You want to do it when everything's calm. You don't want to do it when, you know, off when there's been an argument or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So finding that specific time that the two of you can sit and talk together Mm -hmm. um, and, and then approach them. And you've got, you'll have some tools about what you need to do Mm-hmm. and how you can speak to them, because there's so much information online. I've got information in, in my book about, um, yeah, about how to approach somebody. Um, and so that that's what I would do. So to get your knowledge and then find the right time, sit down with them and try and guide them towards, you know, admitting that's what they have. Mm-hmm. But don't see, don't be surprised if they completely deny mm-hmm. it. I don't know what you're talking about like I did many times with me uh-huh. but the thing is though that by if they do do that even if they do do that you have set the seed so they know that you think that there is something so maybe the next time if they're you know if you feel like it to approach them they may be a little more open
0: uh-huh. so I mm. oh, love that can we talk about your book because oh my Oh. I know oh. you would love to, right? Sorry, <laughs> I know you would love to talk about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> My book,
1: yeah. so Tell I, everybody what
0: it's called. So it's called Bulimia
1: Sucks because it does. Yes. Mm. Um. And so I wrote the book um, uh, eighteen months ago, and it actually launched this year. So I decided that I wanted to write a book, um, and then um. I decided it would be a memoir because I didn't know what I was going to write it about. And then as I started to write the memoir, you know, of course it morphed into when I had bulimia and then like the light bulb moment, it was like, Oh, of course I help people with eating. This is what the book's got to be about. So that is why it sort of morphed into what it is. Um, And because I feel so passionate about Mm -hmm. helping people with an eating disorder but particularly with bulimia because it's so distressing. It's just such a most horrific experience. Um, that is, yes. Yeah, so that's why I wrote the book. And the book is, so it's like quarter, quarter of it is my memoir. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to bore people for too long about it. Right, I get it. <laughs> and then the th- rest of it, the three quarters of it, are self-help um exercises, techniques, that I use to help people overcome an eating disorder. So like I said in the beginning that I practice NLP, which is Mm -hmm. neuro-linguistic programming. So there's various different NLP techniques in there to help people begin to break those patterns and habits. Um, And obviously I talk about the eating disorder and the triggers and the links and the patterns. Um, And then there's, um, I talk about mindfulness. There's a, a fantastic mindfulness technique that has to work with the urges to binge um and then I also talk about something called emotional freedom technique which is the tapping
0: technique
1: Mm, mm -hmm. Mm, I love that yes which is like acupuncture but without out without the needles oh yes we love the tapping so yeah so there's 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 many different techniques in there to help people so um I have also um just come out with a food journal um a bulimia sucks food journal for that people to cool. help them in their journey so it's a 3 month journal for them to complete and i also have written a workbook to go with the with bulimia sucks um which is ready to be launched soon
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and i have a bulimia sucks audiobook oh um, hmm. so yes and i also ha- now have a bulimia sucks um, online course and also I have a bulimia sucks free online course
0: oh, oh. so cool
1: yes It's have been busy
0: right <laughs> yes you have oh my gosh this is awesome yeah. and where can um our listeners find your online course and free online course
1: so if you go to my website which is bulimiasucks.com com. <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> or kate hudson hall.com
0: mm-hmm.
1: all the details are on there we also have a facebook group um which is called bulimia sucks
0: <laughs> imagine that <laughs> absolutely
1: and i also have a podcast called bulimia sucks so <laughs> i love it yeah. So, yes, so the, the, you know, just, uh, if you just put my name into Google, you'll probably find me linked to Bulimia Sucks.
0: Yes, that is so great. Yeah. I love when they're all the same name, though, because you can literally find it anywhere. You'll never forget the name of it.
1: Yes, yes, it makes it a bit easier.
0: <laughs> um, what are your online courses about? So the online, the main online
1: course, they're both called um, Bulimia Sucks. So one is yeah. free and one is a um, a a 10-week course and it's based on the book and it's uh it's got me talking my way basically through the book and explaining specifically about the techniques specifically about the different areas that people need to work through um and um yeah so it's very exciting and it's very um it's very popular and it's it's good
0: yeah.
1: Um, and oh, the other yeah. the other course is a sort of more of a more of a the free course is more of a shortened version.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. That's awesome that you offer that though. A free yeah. version for yeah. people to Absolutely. have something, you know.
1: Yeah, just to start them to yeah. start on that step because it's it's figuring out how, you know, what's stopping you from actually making that first move onto that that step mm-hmm. of step into recovery and working with that. You know, for me, I had mm-hmm. no idea how to eat anything, so there was no way that I could even consider, you know, trying to mm-hmm. eat something. Um, so it's trying to figure out specifically what's stopping you and what mm-hmm. you can change in order to take that little tiny set step mm-hmm. forward and change.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think it's just so important that we bring light to this, especially, you know, with our younger girls and again, younger men as well. Um, like especially like in their teen years, um, obviously that's when it affected you. Um, they are so vulnerable and insecure and struggle with self-esteem in those years in general. I did. I mean, I feel like everyone around me did. Um, yeah. So I think it's super important that we get this message out there and let people know that there is specific help, not just, oh, go to a therapist. There are eating disorder therapists. Um, it's so much deeper than what is on the surface yeah. of what's going on.
1: Yeah. And I said that I've just spoken, we were talking about um if you have a friend that has a an eating mm-hmm. disorder, um, and how to approach them. So as I was saying earlier about, I've spoken to Carolyn Costin and mm-hmm. she has now gone on she set up a, um, a coaching Institute, mm-hmm. Carolyn Costin Institute, and it's helping it's training people up to become coaches. So there's a difference between a coach and a, a therapist. Yeah. So somebody would have a therapist, but with regards to her Avenue is a, coach is somebody that would go and spend further time with that person with the eating disorder and sit with them while they ate or if it was online they would both eat together. Oh um, and yeah and maybe if they're local to go shopping with them and show them how to buy foods again and you know so it's it's excellent but anyway but in the Caroline Costin Institute um she also has a course i think it is um for people um um family and friends of people with eating disorders to be able mm-hmm. to help them
0: that is really awesome mm. so I if like you that.
1: wanted more i'd go there because she's yeah. she's so knowledgeable and she's just incredible and she's you know she's been at this for a very long time right teaching it she's a well renowned speaker she's written six books
0: incredible oh my gosh yeah that's a lot of great information mm. Yeah. Nobody thinks about the family and friends that could be suffering around this as well. You know, watching this person um, do this to themselves, even though, you know, they don't probably want to, it's just what they do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they're struggling as well.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well-
0: well, thank you so much. Do you have any socials? It's all, are they all um, bulimia sucks? They <laughs>
1: yeah, are. Just putting bulimia sucks into yes. anything. <laughs> right, yeah. Into Instagram. Instagram, into yep. Facebook. Okay, wherever. perfect.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah, perfect. That's all we need to know. Just Google bulimia sucks and all of her things are there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you on the today. Um, yeah, well, Sabrina, thank you. It's been great. I really enjoyed it. All right. Awesome. Have a good day. Thank you. Hey everyone. I just wanted to pop back in and tell you thank you for listening to this episode. If there is anyone in your life that you think might want to hear this episode, please feel free to share it with them. It will only help my podcast grow. If you could also go and hit the subscribe button, you will get notified every single time a new episode is released. Also, if you'd like to go rate and review, if you like the podcast, Please feel free to do that and shoot me a message if you do, or maybe like a screenshot, and I will send you a small token of my appreciation in return. You can connect with me on Instagram at Shine underscore wellness. I also have a Facebook page called Thrive and Shine Wellness. I have a Facebook healthy lifestyle group as well. and The name of that is Thrive and Shine Wellness Healthy Lifestyle Group. I also have a website. It is www.thriveandshinewellness.org. And if you need to reach me, you can either send me a message through social media or you can email me at infothriveandshinewellness.org.